Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about axonix therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control, it gave me my life back. Axonix therapy is not another drug. It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about. And it can give you real lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonix therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Welcome back to the Brothers Brand Podcast. Here we are with the undrafted uh, segment. Eagles long snapper, Super Bowl champ. Old Dominion grad and Jersey Shore native Rick Lovato. Welcome to the podcast. How we doing, guys? Thanks for having me on. Oh, Rick, thanks for joining us. It's a real honor and a privilege to have a man of your stature join us here this afternoon to talk a little football and and really tell your story. We're excited to uh, share that with our listeners. And it's a pretty impressive journey. And What's unique is the fact that the three of us are Jersey boys. We all kind of grew up in the Monmouth County area and played sports. And we'd love to get into your background and your childhood of growing up in the Jersey Shore and and playing sports. What was that like, Rick? You know, it was such a cool community that I grew up in. You know, my my parents grew up in the same town in Lincroft, New Jersey, and uh, went to the same high school and same middle school, same everything. And, you know, being a part of that community, knowing those people who my parents grew up with and meeting their kids and, uh, you know, just being a part of that was was really, really special. And then my dad, obviously, being a, you know, the first state champion wrestler in my uh, in my high school, you know, um, he was a great, you know, role model for me to, you know, base my sporting you know, lifestyle and everything. He would coach me on everything he possibly could. Unfortunately, it wasn't golf, hockey, or anything with, uh, you know, a club or a stick besides baseball. He knew a little bit about baseball, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was all the, the contact sports, which got me into football, you know, and uh, I was, you know, part of the River Plaza Chargers, and we were good back then, and the Middletown South Eagles, we were a great football team my whole high school career. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a great, great thing to be a part of Monmouth County and representing Monmouth County in the NFL, because there are a few guys that, you know, I still look up to that are from that area too. That's true, Rick. And that's so cool that your dad was such a big influence with you and your family and growing up in that tight knit community, which Rob and I are familiar with. You know, I played football at Red Bank Regional High School and we used to play against No Sean Marino at Middletown South. And we definitely know firsthand how incredible of a high school program that is. Can you talk to our listeners about what it was like playing at the legendary Middletown South High School? 
Yeah, we, we had a reputation ever since Steve Antonucci came in the, uh, as head coach in the, in the late 90s, and he's still there today. Uh, you know, he's created such an incredible, you know, um, passion and everything for football in Middletown, uh, bringing guys like Noshawn and Howie Barbieri and all the Campbell brothers. Gosh, I, the, the list goes on uh, of how many people he coached and, and helped them get as far as they did. But no, Sean was, you know, like you said, something special, you know, he was hurtling guys every game and he was just, you know, that, that team that he brought, um, you know, four state championships in a row, I believe uh, was just unbelievable. And I was fortunate enough, you know, to be, you know, young enough at River Plaza chargers watching that. And, and uh, we, when I got to high school, you know, we unfortunately lost three state championships in a row, which uh, was stunk. But wow, you know, wow, Rick, way to bring it up. Way to bring <laughs> yeah. it up. I didn't want to touch the elephant in yeah. the room, but right. somebody was going right. to have to say something. <laughs> hey, 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 Rick, uh, you know, uh, Rick's my, my brother, Rick. His his claim to fame is that he tackled No Sean Marino but he says it as if it was a solo tackle in the open field, but it was a gang tackle. He was like one of like four guys that like tackled him after like a 12 yard game. Rick, <laughs> I got the credit you. on the stat sheet is towards you getting the tackle. That's all that matters. You know, that's the way I look at it. Cause, cause frankly, I got to say, it felt like we were playing against a grown man, like, oh like a 35 year old grown man <laughs> against like, 17 year old boys it was not fair yeah, yeah. I, I remember seeing those guys and and I don't know if, if it just when you get older you know high school kids just keep getting smaller but I felt like those were like peak physical athletes when I was in middle school looking up to these guys I'm like how am I ever going to play high school football with guys this big you know <laughs> Middletown South had some serious you know serious sized guys and obviously now I'm in the NFL it's, it's much different but back then, you know, I, being the young one, being the young kid watching these guys, I'm like, gosh, these are like NFL athletes to me right now. You know, it's, it was crazy to watch them. So. so what positions were you playing as a youth football player? Uh, you know, I, in flag football, I was a quarterback and I always wanted to play quarterback. I could throw the ball really well. Uh, but when I started playing tackle football and I tried playing quarterback, I couldn't even get the snap count down. I didn't even know how to say like three words. Uh, <laughs> so they're like, oh, you're big enough. Let's just move you to offensive line, defensive line. I'm like, I guess that works. And then, uh, so I started playing offensive line, defensive line. I played center because I wanted to touch the ball. I wanted to at least have a part of the ball. Uh, so I was, I played center, played a little DN. I like playing defensive tackle and defensive end, uh, but playing center is what also got me to start long snapping. So I just did it. And, you know, the first three years of my tackle football career, I, I was the center and I could throw the ball well, and I could happen to do it between my legs, but I never had any coaching. Uh, I just did it. You know, it wasn't until high school where I started becoming a long snapper just to long snap uh, and going to camps and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, in middle school, high school, I played center, uh, defensive tackle and defensive end. Wow. wow. Staffer, of Rick, course. Rick, let me, <laughs> let me, let me jump in here. Uh, I'd be yeah. remiss, Rick, if I didn't bring up the fact that the connections that we have, not only with uh, Otto and Benji, our dogs, but um, being from the Jersey shore, but also George Barnett is actually my chiropractor. <laughs> and every time I would go in there and tell him that I'm living in Philly, this was prior to us knowing each other. 
we go, Oh, tell Ricky, I say hi. Like, you know, you know, congrats on everything. And I feel like I've known you for like years prior to even meeting you because he would always tell every time I would go in there to get adjusted, he would tell me stories of your high school days. Oh, yeah. He was our special team or like specialist, like uh, guru for Middletown South. He was there to help the kickers. Uh, but, you know, he was fascinated by me going to camps for long snapping. And uh, we had one bad incident. Actually, I was snapping a short snap. And he wasn't looking, but he flashed his hand and I hit him right in the eye with sunglasses on. I cut, I cut him all like right next to his eyes because uh, the ball came in so fast. And that man cursed me out like no other because I'm like, you shouldn't have flashed your hand. And I just felt so bad. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure I'm, he'll tell you that story. If he, yeah, if oh, he I've heard it. it. I've heard yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. I think that I think that's the one where he goes, yeah, at that moment, I just knew he was going pro. <laughs> he had pro numbers. <laughs> well, well, be, well, before we jump ahead to those pro days, which we are excited to get into here yeah. on the Brothers Brand podcast, let's talk about college and how that recruiting process went and with long snapping, maybe some camps that you were going to. What does that look like for our listeners out there that may be interested in going to college, maybe as a long snapper? Yeah, you know, I, I never assumed long snapping was going to be the position to get me into a college, especially a Division One college. You know, I thought it was just something that I could add to the resume if I wanted to play DN or center. You know, at a smaller school, I wasn't getting a lot of looks for uh, being a DN or being a center. Um, but, you know, I, I took it serious my junior year. My mom uh, actually uh worked at long branch uh high school and middle school and worked with clark harris who went to Rutgers, who's the Bengals long snapper now for the last 14 years his father-in-law and he was like hey if he can long snap send him to some camps you know he can get go far with that and uh so i started going to these camps because i enjoyed doing it i got really passionate about doing it uh, the second I, I grabbed the ball and I started learning the actual technique and art of long snapping. Uh, and once I did that, you know, I just took off. I took it so seriously. I'm like, this is what I, I can do this. I didn't know you could get scholarships just to long snap. So uh, I'm like, I'm going to take full advantage of this. And, and I did by the time my senior year rolled around. Uh, I had gone to a couple, you know, college camps to Rutgers, to uh, Pitt Panthers, to Towson uh, Tigers. Uh, but it was actually Old Dominion in, uh, at the end of the day who came and watched me at practice and came to a couple of our games. Uh, but you know, they came over and they showed the most interest in me. They wanted, to, wanted me to be a part of it. They wanted me to come in and play immediately, which was one of my biggest priorities coming out of high school. I'm like, I want to go play. I don't want to go sit on a bench somewhere for three years and then play one year uh, like Rutgers had told me that they were going to do. So I wanted to go play. And, and Old Dominion had... Uh, was the first one to offer me a scholarship. It was a half scholarship because they were Division One AA. They were allowed to do half scholarships. Uh, but they said, we're, you'll start immediately. And if you start and you, you have good grades, uh, we'll give you a full scholarship throughout, uh, throughout college. And, you know, that's what got me the whole recruiting process into Old Dominion. But, uh, but yeah, it was a journey. You know, long sapping, like I said, was not something I assumed that was going to help me get, it, get into college. But I I, I treated it like an art, like like the techniques were so serious uh, and I took full advantage of it and was uh, going to camps left and right, trying to get my name out there. And it's a lot different now. Social media wasn't as big back then uh, for the guys to get recruited. 
but uh, yeah, I was able to do that, and and you know, it, it led me here. So I'm so happy that Old Dominion was the one that that uh, you know called me, and and that's where I went. So that's that's super special, and it sounds amazing the work ethic that you put into it, the commitment to go to the camps, and your mom being the one to connect you with a fellow Jersey Shore person that could kind of maybe show you the ropes a little bit. It sounded like. Right. Yep. Yep. That's wow. right. Wow. That that's so cool, Rick. And. Old Dominion, that for you listeners out there is a very high academic school. You know, you need to be a smart person to be at Old Dominion and for you to get a half scholarship to go to school there. And then did you earn the second half of the uh, scholarship? Uh, yes, I did. My, after my freshman year, they offered me a full scholarship. I, I got a call from my head coach saying, oh, I don't know if we're going to be able to give it to you. Uh, but I, literally a couple of weeks later, uh, you know, they, they're like, all right, we got it done. We made some room, you know, you earned it. You know, I, I had a good fr a freshman year in college, true freshman year. And yeah, from there, from there on out, I was the starter and, you know, and I wasn't going to let that go. Cause I, I, I was very passionate about, you know, that spot, you know, and, and long sapping became my job. You know, that was, that was it. That was all I, I had to do. I was so used to in high school doing multiple different positions and, I had to treat long sapping like I did other positions in high school. So, and then, then it took off from there. So. Wow. Isn't it? I heard a rumor that you never had a bad snap in college or something like that, or that's debatable depending on who you talk to, you know, there's, there's different people who assume, you know, Oh, he's a long snapper. He's never going to mess up a snap, you know, cause they don't watch as much, you know, for me, I'm very detailed in my work and watch film all the time. Uh, I actually had, a game-winning field goal against FIU at home. I think it was my senior year. Uh, and they, I hated this rule, but in college, you could call multiple timeouts in a row from that team, and they were trying to ice the kicker. But really, they are icing me because I snapped two perfect balls, and we made both kicks, and then we had to do a third one. And for whatever reason, I just didn't snap it the same, and it was a little low. It wasn't on the ground. It was a little low. He had to catch it you know, close to the ground and then place it. And we still made the kick. So that was a good thing. But I, everyone was, you know, happy as could be after that win. And I was just so mad. I was so frustrated with myself because, you know, I, I'm, I, I call myself a perfectionist because, you know, that that's my job is to be perfect all the time. Uh, but that, that one still gets to me every, every time that I, uh, that I think about it, but, uh, but no, it was still successful. So there wasn't ever one that was like over the head or, you know, yeah. like, didn't like, but. And how, how fast, like when you're a long snapper and you're talking about technique, like, I'm just curious, I have no idea, like how fast do you have to be to get it to the placeholder or the punter? Like what's the seconds? Yeah. So like when I started going to these camps and learning techniques, I found out very quickly that if you could snap the ball fast, you know, you were getting looked at a little bit more because everyone was impressed with like oohs and ahs because the ball is going so fast. Uh, and that's how, you know, I got looks, you know, uh, coming out of high school, I was, uh, the average time is usually around 0.75 uh, for, a, for a punt snap, 15 yards. And then for a field goal snap, it's somewhere between, I think, like 0 0.3 or 0.4. It's not measured usually on the, the short snap. Uh, usually it's the entire operation. So it'd be like two seconds for a, a field goal, or I'm sorry, two seconds for a punt and like 1.4 seconds for a field goal. 
Um, and so in college, I was in, going from high school to college, I was actually in like the 0.69 range, 0.68 range. And that was fast for a high school kid going into college. So that was like, like I said, that's what got me the looks. That's what, you know, impressed some of these coaches because, you know, that they, they love to see a fast snap. Uh, so that is the average and that's what you kind of want to beat. And, you know, to this day, kids are still trying to snap like 0 0.65, 0 0.60, 0.55, like people are, and that's fast. And, you know, you don't usually, you know, do it from miles per hour, but I think it's like a 40 mile per hour ball. If you can snap it anywhere between like 0.58 to 0.65 or somewhere around there. So I don't, I don't think Rick could throw a baseball 40 miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> my mind's blown just listening to this this is yeah. incredible yeah the details of long snapping i could go you know forever about how little minute details that you know uh the, the art and technique of long snapping is all considered for us and at the end of the day all other people see is a ball just fly back to the punter's hands or to the holder's hands you know where meanwhile i'm trying to like Put the laces out for the holder so the holder has to catch the laces and put it down so he doesn't have to turn it and that's all about how your rotations are on the ball and everything like that gosh i could just go on for days Sorry <laughs> rick rob played division one soccer for four years i played college football for four years and the two of us when we watch sports we know those types of details we watch it in a different light and it gives us just a, such an appreciation for what you do and what your job is because you know there's 11 guys on the field and if all 11 guys don't do their job the play's not going to be successful and it all starts with you the long snapper yeah so be i mean i'm like the most they call me like the, you know, the most insignificant person on, on an NFL team, but has the best job because, you know, you never get talked about, you know, I can walk down the street, no one knows who I am. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's very important that my job gets done very well, you know, and every NFL coach obviously sees that and so do college coaches as well. Uh, but yeah, it, it is serious because there's been guys that have been cut for having one bad snap in the NFL and they're gone you know it could just be just one you know and I've seen guys have like one or two bad snaps in their career depending on how they are but if you start getting a little inconsistent then they're going to start you know picking up the phone trying to find the next best guy to fill in for you and you know that's how serious this job is uh being that you know, one guy on the field, but your, your job still matters just as much as all the other 10 guys on the field as well. So. Exactly. You've got to be perfect 100% of the time versus maybe a traditional center who has a fumbled bad snap here and there. They can kind of get away with it, but your position is a lot more precise, I would say. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Perfection is, is key. You know, I, I, like I said before, I call myself a perfectionist because, you know, that's, I have to be, you know, I, and, uh, you, you want to play games with your mind all the time. Your mind is telling you, oh, you're going to throw this on the ground. You're going to, you know, this is going to be a bad snap. You, you have to, you know, it's all a mental game for me. You know, I have to definitely be physical uh, to keep up with these guys in the NFL. But uh, mentally, you know, I have to be on point. I have to be calm, cool, and collected when I walk out there and we're hitting a game-winning field goal or, you know, we had to, you know, drop drop a pun inside the 10 yard line to seal the game or whatever it is 
you know, my mind needs to be there just as much as everyone else's for sure. We're chopping, at, we're chopping at the bit here to transition to the next stage of your career and, and find out those, those details. How does that happen? But before we do, I have to ask a lighthearted, fun question. And I want to know what's been, and it might've happened in high school or college, probably maybe not as much in the pros, but in high school or college, you must have had some sort of unique fluke play situation where maybe you're running down on a punt and making a tackle or there's a fumble and you scoop it and score. Like what has been like your most like craziest long snapping play you've ever been a part of? And I only say that because it probably happened in high school or college, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Positively, I don't know. I, I mean, I've, I don't know if there's been like one that I can think of, like of me scooping and scoring. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough in the NFL now that uh, I've made a few tackles the last few years. And that's definitely, you know, kept my name up there and um, and a reason why it helped me get to the Pro Bowl. But from high school, the only thing I can think of was a, what I felt like was a fluke, but it was negative. It happened in my junior year. Uh, so we're talking about bad snaps like before in college. My first bad snap was in a state championship game against Monroe at TCNJ my junior year. And I had just started going to camps that year. I'm like, oh, I'm going like, to be the best guy out there. I'm going to I'm learning all these new techniques. I can snap the ball faster and more accurately than anyone. And uh, during a state championship game, we we're getting our butts kicked in. But I snap one over the punter's head and it ends up being a safety. And I'm like, and that I think turned around my entire long snapping career. Cause at that point, I was already like getting recruited and stuff like that. So I was just like, that's it for me. Like, I'm done. I'm not going to get, you know, any offers from any colleges or anything that, like that. So, yeah, unfortunately, on the positive side, I don't know. I can't think of a single thing that I'm like, oh, I scooping forward. I never had a fumble recovery. I never had. Like, well, maybe it's still out there. Yeah, for maybe you, maybe 2022 is the year. Like something it crazy. It has to be. You know, it has, it to, has be. to be. You know, for a long time, like that's the one thing that I've been dreaming of. I'm like, oh, I'm going to scoop and score this play. Or just whatever. level some dude on the sideline. <laughs> just like, you know. I can yeah. imagine like you just like leveling someone on the sideline and it's on your sideline. So the team just erupts like, yes. And I, I was able actually, I, I was able to do that. Um, there we go. We're finding something. A, okay. So one, one <laughs> right. preseason uh, in 2018, we played the Cleveland Browns and it was like a actually televised preseason game. And it was of course the very first game my parents have been to every single game that I've played in from high school until now. And it was the first game that my parents didn't go to, of course. And uh, it was a punt, like, I think it was like second or third quarter. Uh, the starters had just come out. And I run downfield and I level this dude. He spins because he got hit. He spins, but he was still free. And I just, you know, I posted it to my Instagram because I'm like, this is going to be the best hit of my career. So <laughs> that, was that. Like, that was the best thing that, that has happened to me. It was just one big tackle. And that's, that's good enough for me. You know, as much as I want that dream of picking up a ball and running for a touchdown, uh, you know, the odds of that happening are, are slim, but there's, they're always still there for me. A big, big tackle will, will absolutely do it for me. Oh my gosh. That's, that's epic. All right. So let's talk about the transition from college into the pros. What was that journey? Like, I, I don't even know where to begin. It was probably a, a long process that you worked really hard for. 
Yeah, so my it started really uh, my junior year. We did a, a junior pro day. Just a, so a couple teams came out, you know, uh, mainly for our, my roommate from college, Taylor Heineke, who is the quarterback for the Commanders uh, last year. And uh, they came out and I just had the worst, like, I was not prepared at all. I didn't long snap or anything, but just physically – my 40 was terrible. My, you know, just all my numbers. I'm like, they're like, yeah, you're not going to have much of a chance. You got to get bigger and all that. And I was, I'm still, I'm six two, but I was just, you know, probably like 220 pounds and we didn't run well or anything like that. I'm like, I, I have to make a change right this second. And this was at the end of my junior season. I'm like, I need to make this huge change if I want any chance of going to the NFL. Cause at, at that point I was like, can I get there? Can I not? I started watching all these YouTube videos of uh, guys who transitioned from college to pros. I'm like, how did they do it? How did they get it done? Uh, and they usually go through this, this coach, Coach Zahner, who was still a coach of mine that uh, I keep in touch with. And he has been, he's the one guy you go to, to go from college to pro. Uh, and his camps are, you know, top notch. And uh, I started going to him to just get my name out there. I wanted him to know me before I started going, uh, getting prepared for, you know, my senior season and for beyond. And uh, I, I got myself in the best shape I possibly could from that moment of that pro day until my, my senior year pro day. Uh, you know, I, I had a great day on pro day. I snapped well. I ran well. I benched well. Um, I didn't jump too well. I'm not a good jumper, <laughs> um, but you know, that's why you don't my... play in the NBA, Rick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's me. Uh, definitely yeah, not a basketball me. player, <laughs> but anyway, you know, I got myself in the best shape I possibly could, you know, to give myself a chance. I just want to give myself a chance. Uh, I was going to all these camps, trying to get my, my name out there. Like I said, and, uh, you know, I felt like I was well prepared. I had a good senior season. And then, uh, you know, even after that, my, my head coach from, um, from college was like, yeah, I, I'm not getting any calls from you or for about you or anything. Everything's been about obviously Taylor and, you know, a couple other guys. And I was fortunate enough that a lot of teams were there to watch Taylor because then I wouldn't have been seen. Uh, cause I only had one team watch me and it was the Vikings. And that's actually where Taylor went, uh, right out of college. Uh, and they, they're the ones that kind of put me on the map saying, hey, this kid is actually pretty good. And when I started going to Zahner's camps, uh, I was one of the best guys coming out who hadn't been invited to, you know, a senior bowl or the combine or anything like that. Um, so teams were, you know, started giving me some more and more looks. Uh, and it wasn't until, you know, draft day where I was picked up or I was called by the Dolphins in the morning. They're the ones who had were telling me, oh, we're going to get you and after the draft and all that kind of stuff. And I was super excited that even one team wanted to pick me up. And uh, at the end of the day, they never called. I had texts from their coaches saying, oh, uh, we can't wait for you to be a Dolphin. Send me a picture of the Dolphin the day, like the day of the set, the last day of the draft, like usually when guys get picked up. And, and I got no call from them. And I, and I got a call from the Bears and they were the only other team to call. And my agent was like, oh, let's just wait for the Dolphins. And, and, I, and that's what I told the coach. I'm like, yeah, I'm just waiting for another phone call. And he kind of was like, uh, I'm offering you a job with the Bears. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't know what to do. So I called my agent. He's like, 
anyway, he, he lets me know that the Dolphins, you know, filled up on too many spots. They're not going to take me. I'm like, all right, I go to Chicago then. Let's go to Chicago. Go uh, Bears. So, but I was super, now, yeah. Now, where, where were you when I, you got this phone call? Like This we, was all in my basement in Lincroft, New Jersey. I had a, you know, I had a little draft, not like a draft party. I, I wasn't expecting to be drafted by any means. But yeah. I figured, you know, I had a chance of going undrafted. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, the Dolphins were the ones that kept calling me. They're, they had a private workout with me after my pro day. I really thought I was going to be a Dolphin. Uh, and they ended up just ghosting me. And thank goodness the Bears called. And, uh, you know, my the mom Bears. actually the Bears, uh, actually ran out because she had Miami Dolphins hat, like, re- like ready to go for me. Returned it, got a Bears hat after I got the phone. Shot call. over to Dicks or Sports yeah. and Lids. Good old Mammoth Mall. Exactly. Uh, so she got a got me a hat and uh, you know came back and everyone was super excited and obviously I was just you know freaking out you know I I was so happy that I was just got like just got a shot I didn't think I was you know ever going to be good enough to get a shot and. I gave myself that opportunity by working as hard as I did to get to that, that position. And then, you know, my dreams fell apart. Uh, and as soon as, uh, after the third preseason game wasn't, I didn't get any you know time snapping at that third preseason game, which I, that kind of signaled, you know, I'm going to get cut, especially for a guy who had, I was competing against for, who was in the league for the last seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got, I got cut and, you know, I almost got teary eyed. I'm like, oh, no, this is it. You know, I'm not going to that's this is a lot of people's careers. You know, they get, a, you know, you go to preseason, you, you have a couple games and that's about it. That's the, that's what they get to call their NFL career. But, you know, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't satisfying enough for me. Uh, so I just kept calling my agent because he wasn't telling me anything. He was like, um, I had a workout with, again, which is funny, Miami Dolphins right after I got cut by the Bears, but they weren't willing to sign me. They didn't want, you know, want me to come in and, you know, fill in for a guy who had been there for like 10, 12 years at the time. Um, they didn't think I was ready. So I just became a free agent and I went back to work, working at Joyce's Subs and Pizza uh, for my dad and my uncle while I was a free agent. And I was just long snapping, working out, you know calling my agent like, Hey, have you heard anything? Or like, I, cause I didn't want my agent to forget about me. I, I wasn't willing to, you know, just fold over, and, you know, become a, a sub maker and a pizza maker for the rest of my life. Um, and thankfully it wasn't at the end of, you know, my, that rookie year, uh, I had an, a call from the Packers saying, Hey, we want to come work out at, it was, this was like week 15. I got the email like a month before from my agent. I'm like, this is awesome. You know, I'm going to get so prepped for this. I started snapping every day and it was me and one other guy uh, who I'd been to, to a bunch of camps with. And uh, I ended up having a phenomenal day. It was like the best snapping I could have had uh, for a workout. And I'm like, okay, good. So they're potentially going to sign me after the season and a futures deal. And I'll compete for the job then. I'm like, this is great. Uh, two days go by and I get a call from my agent and the Packers saying, um we're gonna we're gonna fly you out i'm like for what and i found out that day that the uh long snapper had torn his acl two days after i worked out in green bay and i just flown home to my house in lincroft uh and of course it's the one day my parents were away it was a weekend and uh, i'm just freaking out 
I because I had to scramble to get my stuff. They're like, we need you on a plane in like two hours. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And my uncle from um, Joyce's ended up driving me to the airport that day. And, you know, that kind of just took off my career. I played two regular season games with Green Bay, two uh, postseason games that year, which was actually a crazy postseason game uh, where Aaron Rodgers threw two Hail Marys to tie the game. And then Larry Fitzgerald beats us in overtime in two plays uh, in 2015. That was uh, one of the most wild games. That was in the desert, correct? Yes, that was in Arizona in the 2015, 2016. So it was 2016 at the time. And that was just an insane game. We tied the game with no time left, 20 to 20. And two plays later in overtime, Larry Fitzgerald scores. And that was it. And, we, and my, you know, that was my time with Green Bay. And then uh, thankfully they're like, all right, we like this kid. We're going to keep him around. And they didn't bring back the uh, other long snapper. So I go through training camp and OTAs with them. I'm like, I'm going to be the guy. Finally, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, have a job in the NFL. Last day of cuts. Uh, I watched other long snapper that I filled in for the previous season walk through the door and I get cut a couple hours later. I'm like, no way. Like, I thought this was my job. I was the only guy here. Um, and at the end of the day, they thought that long, the other long snapper was going to get the job done better than me. Uh, and they ended up going to, you know, the, I think it was the NFC championship after they, beat the Cowboys in the divisional playoff with Mason Crosby's like 55 year uh, yard field goal. Anywho. Uh, so yeah, then I, I'm a free agent again. And I'm hold like, on, hold on. My, my heart is like, just like, I'm just like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm like torn. I'm like, man, Rick, like this is one of the most inspirational stories of just never giving up. Like this is yeah. seriously one of the most inspirational stories of like never giving up. Yeah. I've had chills for like the last two and a half minutes. <laughs> I just keep getting cut, man. I'm like, no way. I'm not, I, I'm, there's, I have to be good enough to play in this league. I, I can do it. They, they saw that I could do it. Uh, so again, I get cut the last day of cuts. I'm a free agent, just back working at my uh, dad and my uncle's sub shop, Joyce's subs and pizza waiting on a phone and we, we are giving so many plugs to Joyce's subs and pizza right now. <laughs> well, I gotta say this and I don't know if you've heard the story or not but we had legendary hall of fame broadcaster Jim Nance on our podcast and when Rob asked him what kind of food does he like from the Jersey Shore pizzas bagels he didn't even answer the question he just went straight to Joyce's he goes I want a Joyce's number three sub that's my favorite meal Number three, so I had to be. Uh, gosh, I was just there. It's been a while. A number three was, was it, I think it was a somewhat of an Italian sub. It had to be like ham and or some sort of capicola or something. I wish I remembered at this point, but <laughs> that's funny. You know what? I, I never saw Jim Nance there. My mom's, or I'm sorry, my dad had uh, met Queen Latifah, who lived in Colts Neck, came to uh, Joyce's a couple times. And but yeah, Jim, that's that's I, I wish I had met Jim when I when I was working there. Uh, but yeah, that's funny that, you know, he was always a, a Joyce's guy. But uh, he, he, he knows about you, too. So the next time the, the next time the Eagles make you guys make it to the Super Bowl and he's announcing, you can talk to him, bring up Joyce's. Yes. He, exactly. he knows I'm, about I'm, you. I'm, 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 yeah, you. Now that he knows, I'm, I'm going to yeah, tell him like, hey, 
you came into my store. Did you ever see me working? <laughs> like we, we asked him at one point because he's been calling 35 masters the yes. last 35 years. And we yeah. said to him in our lightning round of questions, which, oh, by the way, you're not getting out of, Rick. Oh, Rob's no. got that coming up in just a few I, minutes. I, he asked him this pressure cooker and said, would you rather a pimento cheese sandwich from Augusta National Golf Club or a number three sub from Joyce's Subs? And the man went with Joyce's. Hey, that's a good man right there. You know, for a man who's at the Masters more than he is in Joyce's, that's a good man right there for calling that out. <laughs> All right, well, let's get back to the football here because that is a crazy story, a lot to digest. You basically yeah. get thrown yeah, out. I didn't even get to finish. It was there was two more other teams that that call or that I ended up on, and thankfully it was the Eagles. But yeah, man, it's been it was a wild story of just getting cut and filling in for guys who got hurt and then finally landing with the Eagles. So it was cool. You got that taste when you were out in Green Bay and that probably yeah. motivated you more than anything else to just keep going. Yes, absolutely. That was my that was my biggest motivation was, you know, the fact that I got the call to be the guy. I'm like, I can do this. I know I can do this now. I Not only have I done it in a preseason game, I've done it in regular season and playoffs, you know, that, that not a lot of guys get that opportunity just to even play in a regular season game. And uh, I thought that was, you know, that was the thing that was going to take my career off. And unfortunately it took two, like I said, just two other teams, you know, I, same thing happened the next season in 2016, I get signed by the Redskins for two weeks. And I knew I was only going to be there for a short period of time because the long snapper was, you know, tweaked his back. And uh, I played in a matter of 10 days. I played in, uh, on a Sunday night football game. And then four days later on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys. And then two weeks after that, I, I get the call from the Eagles saying, Hey, our long snapper got hurt. We need you to come fill in. And I didn't even have to work out for that, that, uh, uh, you know, that team because the Redskins had played the Eagles that day. He got hurt. And I guess the coaches had talked either after the, or they had seen my film and they called me right up and I was on the team. Uh, and then, you know, history, the history goes on from there. You know, I, I win the job in 2017, John Dornboss gets traded to the saints. Uh, you know, and I'm like, finally, I've proved myself to be a starter in the NFL after three years. Um, and from there on, you know, just happened to be a, once in a lifetime opportunity of, of being on a Super Bowl team uh, for the first time in Philadelphia's, you know, history. And uh, from there on, you know, it's just been an absolute dream. Dream. So we have got to talk about 2017, Rick. I'm not going to yeah. let you get out of here with just that oh, no. brief description of 2017. <laughs> that, as you alluded to, was the first ever Super Bowl championship in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles franchise. Yeah. You're their starting long snapper. Walk us through the regular season. Did did was there a feeling that you guys had, or did it take a few weeks for things to kind of click in the locker room? Yeah, so I I had that feeling in the off season when I saw you know us sign Chris Long and Alshon Jeffrey and Legarrette Blunt, all these big name guys. I'm like, they're trying to make a push here. And Carson had you know a decent. Uh, rookie year uh, the previous uh, year before that but you know we had somewhere to go higher than that and we had some good veteran players and some great leaders on that team you know and we at, at first when we first started that season you know we were one and one uh, we won our first game against the Redskins big 
And uh, we lost the, the following week at the Chiefs, which was uh, Jake Elliott's first game because Caleb Sturgis got hurt after that first game against the Redskins. Uh, and, you know, we, we struggled, but we almost came back and won. I'm like, I don't know where this team can go. We have so much talent. And it was week three is what really took off the season was Jake Elliott's 61-yard field goal to beat the Giants in no time left. Uh, I felt like that was the one thing that really just took us to the moon. You know, I felt like ever since that point, we felt like we were unstoppable. Like we were going to win, you know, majority of the games. I and mean, we ended up being 13 and three. Um, obviously Carson gets hurt and everyone starts getting hurt. A lot of our starters and we're like, oh no, how are we going to keep winning? And Nick Foles comes in and is just the best quarterback and you know backup quarterback in the history of the playoffs um and you know he just comes in and does his job and everyone just did their job you know even guys who were filling in for guys who got hurt uh and we just we knew we were destined to do something great because of how together we were as a team I had never felt as meshed as we were that year with all the other players all the other leaders we had on the team uh you know that wasn't that was going to uh, you know, take us, you know, to that Super Bowl. And then a little bit of Meek Mill is what won us the Super Bowl because that song <laughs> that year, just anytime someone turned it on, we were going to run through a few like brick walls. It was in, in Tom Brady. So. <laughs> and what a game that was, man. I was freaking out. I felt like I had never long snapped the ball before because I was so nervous because it was my, you know, my first Super Bowl, my first full season uh, being an Eagle. And man, we, we were just, we were destined to win that game. Even after Tom Brady threw for like 520 yards. And that game know, was insane, game. Rick. Insane, you know. So I think that was one of the better Super Bowls as of recent years too. So just of how close it was, but. You know. Anytime the Super Bowl ends in a one possession game, that is a phenomenal Super Bowl by anyone's standards. And the fact that this one was 41-33 yeah, in Minnesota, brand new stadium, Justin Timberlake at halftime. What was like, what was the whole day like? Tell us about Rick, your Rick, Super did you Bowl really just bring up J JT at halftime? Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think Rick was focusing on JT at halftime. Well, you know, we walked out at halftime and his show was still going on. We're like, That's what like, I wanted hey, JT, to get to. Get out of here. We got some, uh, we got some practicing to do. Because usually, you know, we warm up during halftime and before the game. We were getting yelled at left and right. You're like, you got to get off the field because it's a, you know, it's a show for them. You know, it's not just about the football game. And we realized that very quickly when we were trying to warm up on the field before the game, just to do a couple extra kicks or whatever it is, you're like, you got to get off. Like we're doing announcements, this, that, and the, and the other. And uh, it, it really was different as a football game that I had ever experienced because it wasn't, you know, you know, just a normal game, normal setup and halftime. Halftime was 30, 40 minutes long. We were just sitting in the locker room forever. Uh, and that's why we wanted to go out early because we wanted to, you know, get warmed up. But JT was still out uh, doing his thing. But, uh, you know, that that day was just crazy. You know, it was negative 10 the whole week in Minnesota. Of course, of all years, they picked, uh, you know, not a sunny and 75 place. <laughs> we're there. <laughs> you guys, you guys uh, were hibernating. <laughs> yes, hibernating literally in the in the Mall of America. Um, but, yeah, we were that whole day was just you know, it was, it was strange, you know, it was, um, 
something I, like I said, never been used to because it was so different than normal games that I had ever been like getting myself prepared for. Uh, and the one thing that got me through it was um, I actually watched an episode of The Office because that's what calmed me down enough to get me through. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, it happened to be Jim and Pam's wedding. I'm like, that's that's my thing. That's that's what I'm going to watch and uh, ended up working out great for us. And uh, that celebration afterwards, um, the people that I got to meet and uh, at, at the Super Bowl party was just amazing. You know, like Pink's walking by us, Cardi B. I get to I snapped a picture with Diplo. I snapped a picture with uh, M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, it was just, you know, just crazy. Just like the fact that we were on top of the world. I was on cloud nine, you know, uh, and I had been for was whole like a whole year of, of just, you know, holy moly, my first year and I win a Super Bowl. Like it was just crazy. I, I could not believe it. It was, you know, written by the best writer in the world. And, you know, that's just how it went. It was just aim, aim into that. Aim into that. You <laughs> yeah. probably had some uh, family and friends out there, I would assume, right? Oh, yeah. We had, uh, I think each player got 15 tickets. And I think we use all 15 of just uncles, cousins, you know, uh, my family, my immediate family, uh, my wife, Jordan. And, you know, it was, it was just amazing. That whole, that whole week was really, really cool besides it being negative 10 degrees. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was just a incredible, incredible week, incredible journey. You know, that year was just something I will never forget for the rest we, of the time. Uh, we were cheering you on back then, Rick, long before we had you on our podcast, uh, just a fellow Jersey Shore alum. You know, we were cheering for you then. And uh, I know Rob and I've been just rooting for you ever since uh, you guys got a chance to get to know each other. And we're rooting for you long, long down the road for another decade's worth of success on the field. Before we get you out of here, Rob's got a couple of fun lightning round questions. Are you ready Let's for this? I'm ready for it. Rick, I got a lot of questions. All right. So we're going to Hey, we're, we're all Jersey guys here, so we can break it down, you know? We're going <laughs> to stick and move. <laughs> move on this. So, all right. I want the two. Who are the two funniest people on the Eagles? The two funniest people on the Eagles right now. I'd, yeah. uh, one of them is definitely Dallas Goddard. Uh, he is unintentionally hilarious, uh, but he is a very funny guy. And then um gosh there's a couple other guys i could think of um hmm, that oh who's my who's my number two on the team uh i want to say it would be uh, gardner Minshew. probably gardner Minshew. he's oh, yeah, a absolutely. funny yeah. funny guy yeah that, i was just thinking i'm like who else like gardner <laughs> Again, unintentional, but he has his moments where he just throws in a, a one-liner and it's just hilarious. So Yeah. Oh, my God. I absolutely uh, love that. Now, yes. so we have this segment, Undrafted, right? So the Undrafted. And, and we've had uh, a Chargers linebacker on. We have a Ravens wide receiver coming on. We have you on. Who's the awesome. next guest we should have on that's an undrafted free agent that you're just like, that, that dude would be awesome to have on? His story's crazy or he's just hilarious? Oh gosh, uh, an undrafted guy. Um, you know, from from the Eagles, I'd probably have to say uh, he was an undrafted guy last year. Could be anyone. Uh, uh, anyone? Oh gosh, uh, that I know personally. You know, uh, or their story it doesn't matter. 
Don't get stumped on, on question two. <laughs> oh, gosh. I wish I could just recall every undrafted guy. Uh, I don't know. Gosh, you got to – this is a tough lightning round question. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I, I, know. I thought it would have been easy. I thought you would have went Taylor, but uh. – yeah, Oh, of course. Duh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, see, you put me on the spot. I'm like, who am I? Who, what undrafted like, guys do I know? Your groomsman, yes, best friend, Taylor. teammate. <laughs> yes, Taylor, Taylor's story is is quite incredible. You know, he's – uh he's gotten gone so far and you know another one is uh zach pascal who we just picked up he was a year younger than me at old dominion uh played for a bunch of different teams was on the colts and really stuck with the colts and now he's on our team and uh in the same system with nick sirianni as he was with colts and uh just two odu guys you know that have really established themselves in the nfl but those two guys for sure taylor taylor and zach are that's Classy people, you know, and uh, actually, no, he wasn't. He was undrafted. I would have said Jordan Mailata, but he was he was a seventh rounder. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> his, his story is pretty crazy of how he played rugby and this, just how big he's gotten and Man. how he went from not playing a single down of football to being a starting left tackle in the NFL is just mind blowing to me. So awesome. Yeah. I'll, have to, I'll have to reach out to him. So. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So we'll speed this up. So uh, favorite menu item on Joyce's? I got to go with a pork roll, egg and cheese. That's just my go-to. Every time I, I, I make it for myself, I do pork roll, egg and cheese, double egg, hash brown, and some fried onions. What and, are you putting it on? Uh, just a Kaiser roll. That's one of my go-to things, you know, okay. uh, that was, that was like the normal thing we served everybody. And you got to toast it perfectly though. So it's nice and soft and tastes great. Um, bagels are great and I love bagels. Don't get me wrong, but I prefer my pork roll and cheeses on a Kaiser roll. It tastes better for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll segue into this one. Uh, go being from Jersey, we're, 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 you know, pizza and bagels, right? So go to bagel order. Would it be the pork roll and cheese? Go to bagel order. Oh, yeah. I'd probably be actually, I would do a sausage egg and cheese on an everything bagel uh, with hot sauce. That is my go to bagel hot order sauce. for sure. Rob, yeah. getting hot over here. He's heating yeah. up. <laughs> All right. We're going to stick to the food for a couple more. Uh, best Philly cheesesteak. Best Philly cheesesteak that I've had. I really need to try a few others because I've not dove into del, del sandro's or jim's roast pork or anything like that but mm -hmm. uh i'd have to say i lived you know less than a mile from it when i lived in philly was jim steaks i just love jim steaks it's just go to walking distance from my old apartment um always a line out the door from there but uh just go to i'm, I'm a big chopped guy i don't like gino's uh you know flat you know yeah beef whatever it is and yes yeah, it's, uh, it's weird weird and I, i'm actually an american cheese i like whiz don't get me wrong i like whiz but i'm american cheese with my yeah. cheesesteak for yeah, sure so onions peppers just, just Onion, oh yeah i'll put it all on there i love it all just all right. give me the american cheese instead of the cheese whiz <laughs> i love that answer rick because shelby and i lived on ninth and south so jim's was our go-to as well yes. um nice. all right and then obviously i think i know the answer to this but i'm gonna ask it anyway do you call it pork roll or taylor ham Oh yeah, pork roll, hundred percent. I I I get upset when I see people from New Jersey calling it Taylor. It's not it's, in North Jersey. Yeah, right. And people want to consider me. That's another thing. Central Jersey is a thing, is it not? 
That was one of the questions. I got one of the questions. We're going to jump to that. We're going to bypass the other ones. Is there a central jersey? So Rick Lovato is going on air on the Brothers Brandt podcast saying there is a central jersey. Now the follow-up question, the follow-up question, and and Todd Frazier, we had Todd Frazier on the podcast, and and he agreed as well. And there is a central jersey. But where do you draw the line? Like if you were to define it to someone. Oh, gosh, uh, I'd say it has to be Monmouth and Ocean County and then anything, you know, west from there. I don't know the county straight west from there, but Mercer. You know, something like that. Yeah, Mercer. Yeah. Tr- I mean, I feel like Trenton's still Central Jersey, I guess. Uh, and you're in the middle of the state. It's Central Jersey. There's New Jersey has its own uh, high school sporting Central Jersey, you know, group. So, you know, how can you not call it Central Jersey? Absolutely. I feel like you also got to stay away from this, uh, the stigma of South Jersey people and, oh, yeah. and the stigma of North Jersey people. So right. it's like you just carved out a yeah. corridor. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, they're different, you know, North Jersey people, South Jersey people and Central Jersey people are all very different. So, you know, you got to have that in, like in between. And this comes from a guy who's living in South Jersey right now, Rob's down in the South Jersey territory, and we both went to school up in North Jersey. So we've experienced the full state. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And, you know, I, I've been I've been to every single part. You know, I think I, I think we should know that people who are from Central Jersey can call it Central Jersey. And, you know, people who aren't from Central Jersey, you know, should know that there is a Central Jersey. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So back to the food for one more, because I have to ask okay. this favorite pizza place ever like you're just like you know what if i could you know teleport that would be my favorite pizza place i want pizza i'm going there oh man um you know as of recent uh my favorite place is actually it's a place up in i think it's north philly um i haven't tried angelo's i haven't tried some of these top tier ones but uh tacanelli's is what it's called it's a brick oven pizza there's actually one in mount i think mount holly as well uh but tacanelli's just love their pizza I'm a thin crust guy. Um, and I, you know, I love, you know, I love everything on it, but I, I'm, I'm more of a basic pizza guy, you know, don't definitely don't throw pineapples on my pizza. So <laughs> <laughs> disrespectful, just disrespectful, especially to a person from New Jersey. You can't do that. And people who I, and don't get me wrong, I've done it before, but people who dip pizza in a ranch when it's a good slice of pizza no that i can't i can't You're watch ruin it. in the whole pot yes and don't get me wrong i've had my share fair share of dominoes sure dip that in ranch whatever you want you know you've had a couple of drinks and you that's all good but if it's a good slice of pizza don't be <laughs> dipping in anything you know <laughs> rick psychopath like as soon as i see someone dipping in the ranch i go okay i'm totally judging this person yeah. <laughs> oh for sure you know, just, and that's, of course, coming from a guy who worked in a pizza shop for 13 years. So you know, exactly. I, I can't, can't do that. Can't All do right. That. So Jersey question. Uh, sh- do you call it going to the shore or going to the beach? Oh, that's a. Uh, now I think I call it more going to the shore now than I think when I grew up. It was definitely going to the beach because we were I was 15 minutes from Seabright. You know, that was my go to beach. Going to, Don- going to Donovan's Reef and Anchorage, Donovan's Reef, An- yeah, Anchorage right. all day. Anchorage yeah, all day. we were we were members of uh, the Trade Winds Country or not the country, but the uh, surf club or whatever it was. They yeah. tore down and now there's a bunch of big houses there. And now it's a free beach that uh, which is one of the only ones in Jersey. So yeah. that's the that's the one thing that, that Jersey needs to change still is 
make the beaches free. Come on now. Like I get that all the time from my wife who's from Florida. Like you have to pay to go on the beach. I'm like, uh, well, yeah, that's just how it is here. So. <laughs> exactly. I'm starting to get her side of it. I'm like, yeah, maybe we should just, you know, cut the cost. The beach, beaches yeah. are way better yeah. in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is true. She, I tried to tell her that no, the Jersey Shore is forever, you know, got better beaches, but you know, I may be wrong with that. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What, uh, what are your uh, favorite shows you're binging now or have binged? Okay. So I just finished Stranger Things, the final, se- or the final season coming out in two days. The first two days it came out, watched like 20 or 20 hours of uh, episodes in two days. It would, psycho. I know. And then um, Shelby and I, I did the exact same thing. This uh, yeah. <laughs> Memorial Day weekend, we watched uh, season four or five, whatever it's on now. Yeah. The six episodes we watched it, yeah. and it was a beautiful weekend. And we totally yeah. botched the beautiful weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, I finished Ozark, and that was a great ending. And then, uh, you know, I haven't been super into shows, but the, like the ones that have stuck around for sure. And then I actually last night just started Obi Wan because I. I I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but I've always watched all the other Star Wars. So that's my go-to right now is trying to find something new because all these good shows are coming to an end. So I got to find something that's, you know, gets me hooked. So, Con- so Rick yeah. confirmed Rick Lovato, Stranger, Stranger Things fan and Ozark. Oh, 100%. Fan. Oh, yeah. 100%. Absolutely. I, maybe, maybe the song this year instead of Meek Mill is like that running up the hill by Kate Bush or something like that. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, Kate Bush must be rolling in the dough right now. She must be <laughs> loving the fact that this song is just getting blown up, especially with TikTok now. TikTok's around and just blowing up all these old songs. So good for her. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> all right. So uh, t- two favorite hobbies outside of football. Outside of football, I... I one would definitely have to be video games. I mean, I've got this whole two monitor set up in front of me right now because I like to play video games. It looked like uh, a gaming chair. Oh, yeah. This is definitely a gaming chair. This is uh, – I, I hooked up – this office is right now split between Jordan and I's stuff, and I want to make it like a game room. But uh, I don't know if she's going to let me do that. Uh, <laughs> uh so gaming and then golf right now has been huge for me you know i've been playing a ton of golf i just joined a country club down the road here um and me and my dad try to get out as much as possible they also just joined a a club that they live up in brick uh new jersey now so uh they live on the golf course it's a nine hole course it's six par threes three par fours it's great to just get out and get a little practice in but uh, yeah, those two things have definitely been my go-to as of late, for sure. I've, I've been noticing on Instagram, you're posting a lot of golf uh, golf sessions. Yes, you know, Ron Jaworski's courses uh, in, out down here in South Jersey and Philly, you know, uh, we give him a call and say, hey, we want to come out. And, you know, he lets us play for free, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, you know, I played with Jake and Aaron and I did not feel good about myself watching them two play because uh, <laughs> Jake is a scratch golfer who could easily probably qualify for uh, a lot of tournaments. But um, is he Aaron, really? He's he's that good. He's he's playing. And during OTAs, probably after every other practice, he's like, oh, yeah, I got a tee time. I got this gap match that he's got to play. It's like a Jersey versus Philly type thing. He goes from country club to country club and he's, you know two to three under every single time he's out on the course, which is just crazy, if not better. Um, but when he came and played our, my course, he was, I think, two under on the day. And that's a not an easy course. And um, 
yeah, he's he's good. He's, he could become a, I think, a pro golfer after football if he really wanted to. Wow, that's amazing. And yeah. for Rob's bachelorette party, which was a wild bachelorette weekend, party, what the hell are you talking about? Bachelorette party. Yeah. I mean, that's what it was, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> We organized a wild oh, weekend in South Jersey and we played at Jaws's course one day and that's a beautiful track. Yeah, yeah. It was it uh Riverwinds, the one on the water there, or which one was it? Uh there's yeah, a couple this was, uh Jersey Shore. This was in uh like uh, LBI mm -hmm. area. Oh LBI, oh nice. I didn't know he had one out there. Um I gotta check that out. That's amazing. Uh yeah, love love his courses. He was just at our practice a couple days ago and we talked to him and uh he, he loves it. It's, it's hard to see him as like a former NFL quarterback because he's such a big golf guy now. So, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome to have that access to his courses for sure. It's awesome. When you, uh, when you come over, uh, you guys, I think are coming over, uh, for, uh, for the cocktail party or something on Friday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We will, we will be there for sure. I got to, uh, so Rick and I, obviously we have the masters stuff on and whatnot. Yes. Uh, we've been to the masters probably like five or six times. Yeah, I just applied to, yeah, like you, you sent me, I just applied, I'm like, and I started telling everybody, start applying, so one of us hopefully can, can win, so. If you ever want, like, tickets or badges, let me know, because we have a, a guy who sold them for 30 years, so I mean, oh, it's, awesome. it's expensive, but it's worth it. Yeah, for sure, um, absolutely. Well, I have, like, a thousand of these cups, and I'm, oh, I've been, amazing. like, looking to, for people to offload them to so <laughs> if you got one for me i will take it hey that I got like stuff, 20 i got like 20 <laughs> <laughs> you can't come by that stuff you know you can only buy it at the masters right and so it's it's yeah. top tier stuff for sure and i gotta tell you i'm glad you took them up on their lottery system because we know many people who have won the lottery now we haven't personally but we know a lot of people that have won it so the chances of you winning it i mean it's realistic yeah, for sure. And I, I did it for every day of the weekend. I didn't do any of the practice days, but I think you're only guaranteed like one if you win it anyway. So I would love to do that. You know, I, like I said, I just got recently didn't start golfing until after college. And I wish I had been golfing long before that because I just absolutely love it now. Uh, but yeah, the Masters is always something I've, I've always watched. So I would love to do that, go out there and, and experience that. No phones, nothing. You got to, you know, do you, are you allowed to bring your phone in or do you have to leave it at home? It's the only place on planet Earth where there's 50,000 people and nobody has their phone on them. Not it's one of the phone. coolest things ever. It's just pure engagement and talking. None of the that. scoreboards are electronic. It's all old fashioned. Dumb, oh, yeah. It's like the thicker. Fan. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. That's so cool. I love that about the Masters, you know, so, you know, authentic and, and original and and everything's cheap, right? You, you buy like a burger for like two bucks or something like that. I, I don't know about the clothes and stuff like that. That's where they make all their, their money from. But I heard they keep like all the prices of the food and the drinks down. Uh, beers, beers are $4. That's amazing. And that. yeah, and uh, it's always funny walk like, so the green is beer, a clear cup is like soda or water or whatever that is. Yeah. And uh, you'll see people stacked up with like, 10 of them and like you know it's just funny, funny seeing them walk around with all the beers but pimento cheese sandwiches are a dollar fifty. Oh um, yeah that's that's incredible yeah and, but so there's a question if no one has their phone how does everyone get there like 
you can't call an Uber. Like, or do you, is there just a giant parking spot or a place for everyone to go to? Is that what you like? Yeah. So, so they have a huge, like, there's so much parking. It's grass parking. You just leave your cell phone in your car. Gotcha. Um, and, and if you forget, like if you walk up and you're like, oh shoot, I have my cell phone on me. They actually have a, uh, a like a, like a coat check. Gotcha. Like a locker system. Exactly. Where you check yeah, it in nice. and then pick it up at the end. That's awesome. But then they have pay phones on the course or free phones. They look like pay phones, but they're free and they're set up all throughout the course. So uh, what we'll do is we'll, we'll bring like a notepad from Staples, like one of those tiny ones, yeah. and we'll write all of our friends' cell phone numbers in there because we don't have them memorized. Anymore. Yeah, you don't remember it. That's, good. That's a good idea. And we'll call them and, and on their phone, it'll say Augusta National or Augusta, Georgia. Oh, that's cool. That's really neat. Gosh, that's really cool. I like those are all little details I never would have thought of, you know. But that's that's awesome. That's hey that's Rob, I love to Rob, I'm gonna take a little to do out of this call here, and it's it's to get Rick to the Masters. We got to get this guy. To <laughs> we got to get Rick to the Masters. We'll talk to Ram. We got to talk to Ram. That's right. <laughs> uh, but this is this has been a blast, Rick. Uh, you know, uh, thanks so much for coming on. Super Bowl champ, Eagles long snapper, Pro Bowler, uh, Rick Lovato. Uh, I'm, I'm Rob Brandt and I'm Rick Brandt. Rick, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having us guys. I had a blast. It's awesome. Awesome. Dude. We'll do it again soon. And again, thanks for everything. Yeah, no, thank you. Have me on anytime you want. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.